God bless you. So, uh, welcome today. We've got a few old faces in the house. Uh, a guy that knows me all the way back from my Rockingham days, uh, Donnie, and uh, a few other old faces that uh, are with us today. So, welcome. So, attitude determines our altitude is what we're talking about. So, welcome to church today. And this is our fourth message about installing a life hack for rebooting your life in 2019. We've looked at Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. Thank you. Which is focused on this whole idea of how to live smarter rather than just work harder. What can you do? Can you be smarter this year than you were last year? Put up your hand if you can be smarter next year. Put up your hand if you're going to be dumber this year. Oh dear. <laughs> put up your hand if you're not going to put up your hand. Yeah. So no, it's, it's one of my oldies, but it's a goodie. So. But we can. Doesn't have to be a lot, but we can actually say, how do I sharpen the axe? What can I do with my life, my talent, my time and my treasure to be better for Jesus, for my family, to be a better husband, to be a better pastor, etc. We also examine the power of language. Next slide, thank you. And how we can change our world by changing our words. Amen? Amen. Words are so important. And last week, Pastor Karen preached about the incredible principle of joy, sourced from God, to be our strength for the day. And not only did she preach it, but she lives it. And today I want to speak to you about our attitude. Uh, Attitude? Turn to your neighbor and say, your attitude is showing. It does, doesn't it? Your attitude is showing and it does. So it's a very simple message, but that's okay. I'm a very simple preacher. And I'd like to tattoo on your heart today the idea, the controlling thought idea that all things work together for good to those who love God and accord according to his permits. Romans 8.28. And I want to talk to you about guarding your mind, how to... Place a guard on your mind so that your life will be different, particularly in the area of your attitude. So next slide, thank you. So joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, well worth memorizing that one. Ecclesiastes 10, 10, Proverbs 18, 21, Nehemiah 8 verse 10. One of the greatest life hacks you'll ever have to do as a Christian is to memorize scriptures. Memorize the scriptures. Because if you don't know it, when the enemy comes, you go to a vacuum. If it's been stored away, the Holy Spirit will bring it to remembrance. But unless it's been put there, it can't bring it to remembrance. So, next slide. Okay, Romans 8, 28, let's say it together. For we know that all those who love God, all things work together for good. Excuse me, for those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, Let's do it again. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. Who believes that? You liars. (laughs) Who really believes that? I tell you, if you really believe it, you will live a, a totally different life if you really believe it. Next slide. Thank you. So what do we know? Well, Justin Herald is uh, now a multi-millionaire, 
at the age of 25 years age, he had $50 and he hadn't graduated from high school. He's a pastor's kid. And uh, Tristan and my Brittany know what it's like to grow up a pastor's kid. It's not the easiest gig on the block. There's higher expectations on pastor's kids than any other child in the, in the room. And you grow up under that. And he wasn't a high achiever. Dad was almost a genius and he's struggling. He's pushing trolleys at Kmart. That's how he's made. He's 25 years age and he's got 50 bucks. And one day, a little old lady came up to the church. I hope we don't have any old ladies like this in our church. I hope we don't have any young ladies like this in our church. But this little old lady came up to Justin Harold and said, Justin, you know what? No. <laughs> You've got an attitude problem, son. And he did. You know, he was one of those grumpy, huffy kids, you know, sitting in the back row of the church like this and stuff. Well, this old lady came and told him, gave him the what for. And you know what? He says, okay, if I've got an attitude problem. Well, he created a T-shirt brand. He went and printed some T-shirts, went down to the local Paddy's Market, started to sell them, got an interview on the Sunday morning program. Fast forward today, he's a multi-millionaire, the Attitude Inc. And here is the thing. What do we know? What do you know? Turn to your neighbor, ask them, what do you know? What do we know? Well, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. All things. That's what we know. Next, next slide. Uh, this individual here was me just before I got saved. You, you, you can see, you can understand why my wife backslid to go out with me. It's true. I, I am her full rebellion. She's been working for literally one week. Her mother's concerned that she's going to go out into the world and some sleazy boy is going to catch up with them. And sure enough, the first Friday after she's been working, I drive her home in my Valiant Charger with the best, tell you, the, the best exhaust system in Perth. Seriously. The exhaust system was better than the whole car. It could backfire. And uh, my mother-in-law almost dropped dead when she saw me come. Um, I left home at 14 years of age. Uh, my mother had attempted suicide after hearing that my father had was involved in another affair, after many affairs. And I had to break down the door of the bathroom to discover my mum, naked, hair shaved, in a, a bath full of blood. I had to call for the ambulance to come. The ambulance takes my mum off to Greylands and my father moves the girlfriend into the home. And I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. And in those days, I used to lift weights. And I could wear a T-shirt, Jaden. In fact, I could even do the Hulk thing. I could rip it open, man. I could do one-handed chin-ups. I mean, that's why she liked me back then. You know, <laughs> she, she wasn't attracted to my spirituality, I think. <laughs> And uh, so I challenged my father to a fight. It ended with him saying, I disown you, and I left home. Well, that didn't look good, did it? 
But fast forward now to my 61 years of age. I was 16 there. Flip, flip the numbers around. Today I'm the chairman of the, the largest drug rehab program for helping troubled youth in Australia. And we had $3 million in our foundation account and I am released by the church to go down and minister to drug addicts on a, and street people. And you know what? It totally forms who I am because there's not one person in this room here today that God cannot turn from a tragedy into a triumph, from a mess to a message, from a problem to a victor because at the end of the day, if he could do it for me, he can do it for you. So we know all things work together for good. It wasn't good my dad was immoral. It wasn't good that my mother attempted suicide. It wasn't good that she suffered from psychiatric problems. But you know what? God's turned it for good. Isn't he great? Isn't he good? Isn't he good? Next slide. Okay. Uh, we know all things work together. Work together for good. It's a story I've told before very quickly. This comes from the Talmud. Uh, in uh, Jewish thinking, they thought that Elijah would return. You hear a bit of that in Malachi chapter 4, just before the uh, Messiah would return. So in Jewish thinking, Elijah could show up at your door. And there's this, been this rabbi who's contemplating you know, good and evil and why does bad stuff happen to, bad, to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? And he's thinking about that whole issue of injustice. And Elijah comes, knocks at the door and says, hey, I want us to go out and I just want to see what's happening in different towns and villages. And so the rabbi and Elijah go on this little journey and they dress up as beggars. And uh, Elijah says to the rabbi, you, all you've got to do is uh, you can come with me, you can observe it, you're not allowed to ask any questions. So they go to this first place. It's a very humble, very poor house. Uh, a young couple are there. They've got one cow. They, they milk this cow and they sell off most of the milk, keep a little bit for themselves. They sell the meat to help pay their bills, etc. And... Uh, they, they go to this place and, as beggars and say, uh, you know, can you give us a place to stay? Place to stay? And the young couple were generous and hospital, which in the Eastern world is a big deal. To welcome the stranger is a really uh, important thing in Eastern culture. And so they get welcome and they're given some fresh straw to lie upon. Uh, they, they take the little bit of milk that's left and they put it in a crack bowl and they share it with the rabbi and Elijah a little bit of hard bread. They give what they have. And uh, they sleep and they get up in the next morning. But in the next morning, the, the wife runs in the, uh, and she starts to cry because their cow, their only source of income, died. And Elijah says, well, look, you know, I'm sorry, we're out of here. And he goes. And the rabbi wants to go, but, 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 you know, what's going on? And they go to the next town. And this town, it's a very different setting. There's a very rich man in the village. His daughter's getting married the next day. And he's a very uh, stern man, a very miserly man. And they're dressed as beggars, of course. And they go up and say, do you think you could give us a place to stay? No, 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 you can't do that. Go away. You, you, you guys are just wasters. Go get a job. Go to Centrelink. Whatever you've got to do, just get away. And they, they said, no, please, please. So I said, well, look, you can stay in the barn with the animals. And they went in there's no fresh straw and whatever, no food, whatever. And as they sleep there, it's not a great night's sleep. They wake up in the morning 
And Elijah notices that the barn's got a bit of a tear in the wall, you know, a bit of the brickwork's beginning to break down. And so he says to the rabbi, help me. I want to fix the hole in the wall. And so Elijah takes a little bit of time to you know, make up some more mud, plaster it in, fix up this hole in the wall. And then they go. Well, the rabbi wants to go, but, 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 but. Now, here's this poor couple, dead cow. Here's this rich guy and, you know, the wedding, everything he's planning for his daughter. And, you know, you do some work for him. And so Elijah says, yeah, but what you don't know is this. So when we stayed with the poor couple, the angel of death had actually come to visit the house to kill the wife. And I withstood him. I prayed. And we wrestled, but as you know, the angel of death doesn't go home easily. And so I was able to convince him to take the cow and not the wife. And God has going to bless him because the moment that that cow dies, there's another cow that's been lost. It's owned and it's going to actually walk into their stable tomorrow. It's going to produce more milk than the other cow did. And by the way, she's expecting a baby in the next year. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. But what about the rich guy? He says, well, you know, the rich guy, yeah, look, sadly, the angel of death came as well, but because we're in the barn, I couldn't withstand. And unfortunately, you know, his daughter's going to die as a result of this. Oh, and what about the hole in the wall? Well, the hole in the wall, well, what he didn't know is that a number of years ago, before he bought that farm, the guy had stored his wealth in that wall. And had we not repaired it, the man himself would have repaired it, would have discovered all this money. And therefore, he would have been blessed as a result, so we repaired the wall. You see, we are always only looking at this bit, aren't we? We can't see this bit and that bit. Who knows, if you hadn't come to church today, you might, you know, without being so, who knows, if you had not come to church today, you might have been in a situation, we went through that uh, stop sign and you kind of got killed. Who knows? Or vice versa. But what we know, what do we know? What do we know? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Uh, Can we have the next slide? Thank you. But the key to really understanding this is the whole idea is for those who are lovers of God and understand the call of God. So because God comes first in my life, because I can see a purpose in being challenged, then all my drug land culture days is good. You see how it's good? Because it's related to the love of God and to the purpose of God. This is the key to understanding your life and experience and circumstances. You know, when we heard Susan's story, the Natalie's story, and some of those other great Stories, you can sense the depth of pain and being lost, etc. But if it brings out of that something that God uses for His glory, then all things work together for good. So all things do not work for good when you love something else other than God. All things don't work for good when you aren't in His purpose. But when you're in His purpose and you love God, then here, what do we know? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. I'm going to show you a slightly long testimony, 
but I think it illustrates it more powerfully than I can. So thanks, guys. If we can uh, throw to that video. One day I was at home, and I was procrastinating doing homework, and you guys know exactly what that's like. Because I still, well, I did it all the time. And at the time, I was sitting at home, and I wanted to listen to music on YouTube. And you guys know whenever you look on YouTube, and then there's like a right-hand column of like related videos? Well, that's what I saw. And when I looked a little bit closer, I realized that there was a picture that looked really, really familiar on the related column. So I clicked on it, not knowing that me clicking on this little picture that I thought was me would change my life completely. I didn't know it would be a defining moment in my life when I clicked on that video. What's the video? I clicked on it. The first thing I saw was, okay, yes, that is my picture from when I was 11 years old when I was on that show. I looked a little bit above this video, and the title of this video was The World's Ugliest Woman. I want you to take a second and let that sink in. Think how that would feel if you are randomly just listening to music, you somehow see a picture of yourself, and someone lab labels you the world's ugliest man or the world's ugliest woman. Just think how that would make you feel. Now, picture yourself scrolling down after seeing this awful, awful video. And picture how you would feel if you looked down and you saw that over four million people had saw this video. Four million. I continued to scroll down and I saw that this video was eight seconds long. I pressed play and there was no sound. And I thought there's an eight second video with no sound that over four million people saw of only me calling me the world's ugliest woman. I literally felt like somebody was putting their hand through the computer and punching me over and over and over. I still to this day don't know why I did this, but I scrolled down and I saw that there were thousands and thousands and thousands of comments on this eight second video that had no sound. I sat there and I read every single one and not one was positive, not one. These comments ranged from people telling me to do the world a favor and just put a gun to my head. Some were saying, why don't you just walk out of your house with a bag over your head? Because if people see your face, they're gonna go blind from your ugliness. People were giving me tips on how to kill myself. I was in high school when I saw this. The video clip was from when I was 11 years old, and it said it. Clear as day on this video, it said 11 years old. And I couldn't understand how anyone, no matter what age, 
could think how to just jump on this bandwagon and say these awful, awful things, not knowing that I would one day somehow stumble upon it. I cried my eyes out reading these comments. My confidence level went from being up here to being way down here to almost not even existent. And I feel like it took me a really long time to get to that point. In an instant, it was brought down completely. My tears quickly turned to anger. I quickly wanted to just wipe the tears off my face, pull out the keyboard, and reply back to every single comment. I didn't know what I was gonna tell them, but I just wanted to make them feel bad. I wanted to make them feel bad for hiding behind their computer screen and saying these awful things about someone that they don't even know. But then I stopped and I realized, what am I gonna accomplish? What am I gonna do if I sink down to their level? Nothing. I'm gonna be fighting a never-ending battle that's going to prove nothing. I'm just gonna become one of those people that hides behind their computer screen and makes fun of other people or makes other people feel bad about themselves. And that's not who I was raised to be. So I stopped and I had a very hard time swallowing this video. A very hard time, I'm not gonna lie. But something clicked in me, some little voice in the back of my head, which I know is God. And I heard, just wait, let it go. Just let it go and wait. And that's what I did. I let it go, and yes, it was very hard for me to kind of pick myself up from that. Very difficult. But I did what my parents told me when I was in kindergarten. They said, just continue to be yourself, and others will see that. So that's what I did. I continued high school. Everything was wonderful, despite this video. I was excited to meet new people. I was excited to start this new journey in my life. And without even trying, my life kind of started, everything kind of just started falling into place. My relationship with God was better than ever. Because in that moment when I realized that I wanted to be a speaker, I was like, God, I get you now. I get it. I'm, I still have some questions, but I get it. You made me the girl that I am for a reason. You gave me all those struggles growing up to make me stronger. You made me look different so that I could see the beauty that isn't defined by the media. And yes, I am still learning. But the feeling that I get, that I know that God is working through me and helping me tell you something, is the greatest feeling in the entire world. But all these things were something that I cannot take credit for on my own. I cannot. The only way that I was able to accomplish all of those things and will be able to continue for the rest of my life is with my faith, my family, 
and my friends. My faith is number one in my life. When I think that God gave me this syndrome before, I looked at it as a giant flashing sign that said, curse. I look now at what God gave me on this billboard, and I see a giant, bright, happy sign that says, blessing. And I will always look at it as a blessing. All the questions that I had, all the whys, all the why me, why God did you do this to me, have all been answered. And I've learned to stop asking why. Because I've learned that God does absolutely everything for a reason. And you have to basically just lay it all down and let God take care of it. Because he will, whether you see it or whether you don't. You will eventually be so surprised and think, thank you, God. Before you have this problem, he already knows how he's going to help you get through it. How great of a feeling is that? Whenever I do things, I get excited because I know that God is going to be there to help me. God is going to be there to pick me up when I'm down and to lift me even higher when I'm excited. I will tell you right now that if you stop asking why and if you start saying, thank you, God, all your answers will come to you. All of them. I want to thank you for having me, for listening to my message, and I hope, I hope that some of you know that God put you here for a reason and he wants you to share that reason no matter what. Thank you. Powerful, eh? She now takes it as a gift to her life because, like Paul, she has learned how to be content in every situation. You have to learn it. You have to learn what it is to be content in all these situations. Um, I want to let you go, but most of us aren't very good at guarding our mind from thoughts that come. And some of those thoughts, they're like that those annoying little tunes that you can't get out of your head, you know, and, and they just keep coming. And one of the really big things you can do to change your life is to learn how to put a guard over what you let into your mind. True? If you can put a controlling guard, a controlling thought, a controlling voice about before any voice comes into your head, because by the time it goes through your head and then into your heart, then you're, then you're in trouble. The heart will go and, and, and all sorts of things. Do you have doors on your house? Do you, do you shut the door? Do you open your door up to everybody who knocks on the door? You don't, do you? You show some discrimination about what you let into your home. But sometimes we're just terrible at that as Christians. We have these controlling thoughts. You know, I'm no good. You know, um, no, I don't want to go there because time's gone. 
So we've got these controlling thoughts that come, you know, demanding this. The world's not fair. It's not right. Why me? And, you know, you, you, who knows what I'm talking about? It's too hard. All these sorts of thoughts. Well, I want to give you today, hopefully, a controlling thought for you to consider. You may have a better one than this, but here's, here's a controlling thought. Romans 8, 28. What do we know? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and accord according to His purpose. What do we know? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and accord according to His purpose. Who's been to Buckingham Palace? Come on, we're the braggers. Uh, Come on, who's been to Buckingham Palace? Yeah, there's a few of us have been there. And they've got the famous Grenadier Guards. You remember the guys, the bear caps and stuff, and they stand there? You remember that? Now, one of the things that the Grenadier Guards are renowned for, and it's a military tradition around the world, but probably more often, is that the Grenadier Guard will stand there like this to attention for hours on end and not move. And I, yeah, I'm only, what, 26, Monique, or something. I wanted to go up and I blew. Because <laughs> they're not allowed to move. Did you know that? They're not allowed to move. And they'll remain perfectly still. It can be raining. It can be snowing. There can be sweat. Their flies can go and they can be perfectly. I don't know how they do it. I would be bored in 10 seconds. You know, I'd be fidgeting and moving and all the rest. But. If you touch a guard, you know what happens? the full armour of God and that we're to lift up the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. But guys, we have our shields down, we don't have our guard up and we let it all in. You could have a different controlling thought. could be the joy of the Lord is my strength. It could be that uh, uh, life and death is in the power of the... You could have a very different controlling thoughts. But would it make a difference to your life if every thought had to get around that idea that all things work together for good to those who love God, would that change the way you see things? Absolutely, wouldn't it? So the next time you're there and someone hits your parking spot, So... Uh.
I'm going to pray that God plants a guard in your brain. That's a more newer illustration, the old illustration, of course, it's the shield of faith. It's how Jesus defeated the devil. How did Jesus get over those thoughts? Is God going to pay the bills? You know, you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. Is God going to save you when you're at risk, you know? Jump down from here and see if the angels will catch you. Is God going to uh, meet your deepest needs? Just bow down and worship me. And I'm going to give you all the gold and all the glory. You can have it all, Jesus. Just worship the devil. Just don't do it the Father's way. And on every occasion he said, it's written. It is written. It is written. I don't think he had an iPad. I don't think he had a Bible and he flicked through. I think he had those thoughts in his heart. They'd taken up residence there and when he needed to win, when he needed to win, he had the word. He had the power of the vow of now and he was able to bring about that win. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Well, we know that not all things are good, that there is death and there's destruction, there's disappointment, Lord. But we know that you are so creative that even in all of that, Lord, that all things work together. Together. They work together for good. And we love you, Lord. And we have a purpose. May each of us this day discover our purpose at a deeper level than ever before. Or just throw off the things that David was talking about, just trying to do it our own way and letting the bolt go round and round. And Lord, just let you. Thank you, Lord, for those going through the waters of baptism today. Lord, they're just signifying death to self and alive to you. What great stories, what great testimonies be glorified in what we experience together. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We know... What do you know? Very good, very good. Give yourselves a clap. We only have another 52,637 verses to go. God bless you. Look, we are going to go down to the beach now. Look, if you just go straight down Thomas Road, you get there. It's just straight. Thomas? Armadale Road, that one. <laughs> just go straight down Armadale Road, just like go where you need to go. Hey, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, uh, look, there is a he- hell to be lost and a heaven to be gained. It's so important. If you're not right with God, you've heard some stories today about what a difference it makes to put Jesus first in your life. And so the good news of the gospel is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to perish. You don't have to be lost. You don't have to be frustrated. But you can have life with a capital L in the name of Jesus. If you'd like to have that life today, you've got to meet the life giver. He's your creator. And he would love to be able to just welcome you home for you to be able to meet him personally. And uh, so if that's you today, can you just put your hand up quickly? Quickly, 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 quickly. Father, we want to catch fish. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. See you later.